You're currently listening to Sit Down On The Go. An interview broken down into its simplest form. So now you can dive into the mindset of positive and influential people. Anywhere you are, we are. We are. We are Sit Down. Sit Down. Sit Down. We are Sit Down On The Go. Sit Down On The Go. We are Sit Down On The Go. Come Another episode of Sit Down. We are here with T. Abraha. Hey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. Good. Um, she is a presenter, a podcaster, a videographer, and a director. There's actually a long list, but I'm keeping it humble. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool. Just, just go with that. Sick, man. And like, yeah, like she said, she does a lot of stuff, and um, she's come to give us her four mantras. Do you know your four mantras off the top of your head? I think so. Yes. I mean, I live by them. I should do. You should do, innit? Do you have them written? I have them written down here. Great. Cool. So, what are your four mentors? Okay, so, I think mentors are like meant to be one word, right? I live by like sentences. Right, I think. So, the first one that I always live personally, and no one's ever taught me this. Like, actually, no, someone... No, no, I don't think someone taught me this. But I went to a conference a couple of years ago. Um, it was like motivational blah blah and i think this is where it inspired it but i I live by the quote i have the same amount of hours as barack obama and it it makes me humble first humbled first of all and second of all it makes me ambitious at the same time because it's like well if a barack obama or the time when i made this quote in my head was the president of the biggest country you know the most powerful country in the world then surely i should be doing more like i shouldn't be watching TV right now, I shouldn't be like hanging out with my mates, I should be like investing in my future, investing in something that I I like, I want to live by when I'm older, so that's my first one. Your second mantra? I think my second one was um, fail is knowledge, failure is knowledge, and that one's my dad, my dad, he's a G, uh, John, you're just amazing, my dad, he taught me this, um, actually when I was in third year, I was like, it was like 2am, and I was in the library, and I was crying on the phone to him I was like I cannot pass this essay like I can't I just can't and he was like listen like even if you fail it's fine like you will learn something fail is not knowledge and when he said that it resonated with me and ever since then I was like right cool I don't mind failing from now because at least I'll learn for the next time sick your third mantra the third one I think it's uh I actually don't what is it Uh, you got this (laughs) oh yeah oh my god this is yeah i do i say this all the time like anyone that knows me knows that i say this all the time even to strangers um i like to say like you got this and i say this to myself in the mirror like when i like when i'm walking or i feel anxious about something i'm always like your tea your tea you got this sis like girl you got this and i say it to others as well to just to give them that sense of like because i say it to myself i don't need people to say it for me but i feel like others that may not have that for themselves i should be that person for them so yeah you got this and then the last one is <laughs> i'm just trying to look uh yeah being 
Because my vision. Yeah, cool. So this is like, okay, growing up, I was always told my ambition is greater than my ability, which like it, it hurt me. I was like, bro, you think my ambition is bigger than my ability? Like, no, I'm going to show you my ability is bigger than my ambition. But um, what I mean by that is that I have a big vision. Like, I, I think I can never think small. I don't know if it's just me or something, but I always think of the bigger picture. Um, I hate looking at things like cropped sizes or small sizes. Just maybe it's the Aquarius in me. I don't know. I'm not really the horoscope person, but kind of am. Um, so when I think of that, I think, right, okay, so this is my vision. I'm just as big as my vision. Like I can achieve those because I'm just as big. And it also makes me feel like my vision is small and it's in a sense that I can achieve it. If I'm just as big at it, as big as it, I can, it's attainable. It's like attainable, like I can do it. Sick, man. So let's kick off with your, your first mantra, which is, I have the same amount of hours mm-hmm. as Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, you touched upon it, um, but like, how is that like implemented in your in your daily life? And like, you know, as a presenter and a host, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not an everyday thing. So yeah. how do you... How do you strive each day? Okay, so um, I don't know if you guys know, but actually I am a like student um, and I have a full-time nine-to-five and I try to do things on the side. So when I, um, I have a, like, a whole, I have to host on the weekend, people think it's just I turn up and sh- I'm here, da, 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 give me the mic. But it's not, it's like, like probably a couple of hours of preparation looking at questions, make chasing people up for, are you comfortable with this question? Are you going to be comfortable if I, like, cue you in after this person and stuff like chasing them up just if they're going to attend, even though it's not really my role. Um, I guess I am an ambassador for that event, so I have to make sure that, just to make sure the panel's fine or whoever, or whatever the event is, that um, it's, it's going to re- run smoothly. So when I say um, I have the same amount of a Barack Obama, sometimes I may feel, like, overwhelmed because I'm like, Bro, I have to chase this person up, do this, da da da, and still finish my essay by tonight. How am I gonna do it? But I'm like, do you know what, T? Sacrifice sleep because Barack Obama, I'm sure he does it when he has to go to some summit in I don't know Amsterdam for some UN bullshit and stuff. So I'm like, okay, T, if Barack Obama can do it, you can do this. Like this, this 15 tasks before before 12, easy. You got this. And then that's how I do it. That's sick, man. And like. You know, that mantra, I guess, doesn't reson- like, resonate with a lot of people, but with you it does. And, mm-hmm. and... brav, my flop, brav. <laughs> ah! no, you're good, you're good. I'm you're waffling. Good. Nah, um... Do you mean, like, why did I choose him? Maybe? Or why does. I mean, that's what I was coming to, essentially. You're right, yeah. So, like, why is. Why Barack Obama? Okay, so actually. Uh... Barack Obama was just a personification of a power power figure at the time when I made the quote in my head. But it, it could be changed. I think right now, it'd be someone like... It'd be someone like... Uh, who do I think is the most powerful person right now? Uh, I think someone like Billie Eilish or something. Like it's, It doesn't have to be like strength. It, and it, it's just influence, you know? Um, 
and the, the reason I chose him at the time, like I said, it's just because he was a, a big figurehead. But it, it changes. It can change all the time. Like, when I speak to some friends and I know they're, like, activists of certain things, I'm like, yo, you have the same amount of hours as Gandhi. Like, chill. But, like, if I was to talk to my mom, I'm going to be like, mom, you have the same hours as, I don't know, what they took all. Like, <laughs> I, 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 like... I, I adapt to this person, but for me, at the time when I make this, and it's just stuck in my head now, like, I, I can't change it, but, um, yeah. Does it help increase your, like, your productivity when it comes to, like, for uni sure, and sure. all of that stuff there? For sure. You see that quote there? I feel like it's one of the reasons I even passed and graduated my first degree. Like, honestly, I'm like, yo, I can't do this. And I'm like, Barack Obama's the president, and this little paper is going to defeat me. Yeah. yeah, man. And, you know, you said you studied biomedical mm-hmm. science. I still study biomedical. You still study biomed. Why biomed? Okay, I failed medicine. That's 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 it. Oh. Actually, I didn't fail medicine because I didn't get in. That's the problem. So um, I actually was one mark away. It makes me so sad from entering into medicine, and I think it's the reason why like everything's falling into place now. At the time, I didn't see it. I was like, why did I just miss by one? And I like contest it and everything. They were like, right, no, like we've just we're just so full, blah blah blah. But um, yeah, so. And, and you know, you not getting into medical school kind of pushes us into your second mm-hmm. mantra, which is failure is knowledge. Exactly, exactly, you know. And, like, you know, the lessons that you've learned from mm-hmm. that, have they pushed you into what you want to do now and in terms of presenting and hosting? Yeah, well, actually, uh, for sure, because it's one of the reasons I actually did editing. So... During my second year, I was depressed um, and I picked up a hobby that I that frightened me that I never thought I was ever even I would even like. So I wanted to test myself and I, uh, I picked up a camera and started doing photography. But people don't understand that there's editing to photography. And I'm not talking about the editing that makes you look flawless. I'm talking about the editing of like lights and app, you know, exposure. I'm sure camera heads would understand. But um, so there was a module in the second year which called bioinformatics which is like editing of genes and stuff and we had to play around with that and i think that i found that topic so hard so 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 hard because i'm not good with computers people don't know this i'm actually so bad with computers but um i think once i did my camera and once i i tested that um it, it kind of fitted into biomedical science somehow mm. and that's why i was like okay i can i can do this side by side like I, okay, it's they're two different things, but they're connected through this module, so that's why. And you said your father was like inspirational Dope. with that quote. Yo, quote, quote, quote. My dad is a G. Like my dad is like one of my. He's just amazing. Um, shout out to my dad. He, he's um yeah he he like basically there was a time where I was like struggling with an essay. I told you this I think earlier, and I. Yeah. Like called him and I was like, bro, like dad, I don't think I'm gonna pass this essay. And he was like, it's fine to fail. And I was just like, he was like, don't be hard on yourself because that's one thing I am. I'm my biggest critic. Um, and he was like, you'll learn something off it. Like failure is knowledge. I don't know if he's he stole this because he's gonna lose so much credibility from me if he has. But uh, no, he once he said that, it made me think differently. It made me look at things differently. And I swear to God, I I walked off that library and I was like, fuck it, I'm. T- I'm handing this out. And actually, I got a good grade. I got a 2-2. Sick. It wasn't a fail. It was not a fail. <laughs> Word. And, like, 
like what lessons could you say that you've um you've picked up from your from this mantra of failure is knowledge in that you've uh, implemented in your life uh s- starting my podcast moving moving out i guess because when i moved back in i'm so i'm doing my masters now but um i actually i'm doing my masters in birmingham and i was living in birmingham at the time at my parents house and coming back after being alone three years like living at uni blah 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 having the freedom wh- whatever i was it, it to me was a failure i was like yeah like i'm doing my masters i'm doing this but i feel like a failure because i'm back at my parents house like i had a vision of like moving out after uni da, 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 and i've for time actually I, I wanted to move out at 18 i did but like it was like at uni and that doesn't really count yeah. so going back home for me was failure but then picked myself up and i guess I've, i learned from that that i didn't want to be there so i i just picked my stuff and went kept moving to london yeah and that and that transition to london was it was it easy for you no it's not easy at all. bro i still cry to this day like wow. um it's it's hard like it's adjusting to life for me i think it's more hard because i'm so picky with the people like i choose to be with like i don't want any bad energy around me like i i I don't want certain groups of girls around me like i'm very very like particular on who i hang out so that narrows my choices of being friends with many people so sometimes there'll be times where i go clubs by myself i go to bars by myself i go to networking events by myself like it's just what it is and and you doing things alone does that is that does that help you in your like your well it does help you in your gains for independence but like like how does that help you in terms of like um what's the word i'm looking for uh is it probably the worst interview i've done so far no no it's, it's fine you're doing I'm, great i'm I struggling like i'm struggling no because you're like the first person that i don't know okay so every person before you well I it mean, gets easier for now i'll tell you that you've done it now failure is knowledge isn't it exactly boom you got um, this. <laughs> I, yeah, I do got this in it. Um, but no, that that independence that you that you go to those networking events does mm-hmm. it give you some sort of peace of mind knowing that you can conquer something? Yeah, but do you know what? No, I'll tell you why. No, I think once I look look at it from like an outside perspective, I guess it's like oh, okay, T, you've done this now. Like you should be like at peace of doing other things. But no, because. Once you're there and you don't know anybody and everyone's networking and I'm just here holding my champagne, I'm just like, yeah, cool. Hi, I'm T. It's, it's nerve-wracking and, like, you don't know, like, what to do, who to hang out with and da 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 Like, I think clubbing for me by myself was the hardest one because I wasn't even wearing shades. My whole face was out. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I was, like, trying to mingle. And I remember, like, this guy came up to me and he was trying to, you know, the whole chirping situation. And I think... He was, like, so shocked that I was there by myself. And I didn't want to lie to him and be like, my friends are on the way because I don't have no fucking friends. Um, and then I was trying to, like, talk to him. He was trying to talk to me, but I wasn't trying to have it. And I was really wanted to, to just dance. And I said, hey, do you want to dance? And he was so shocked that I asked him to dance. He was like, no one's ever asked me to dance. And he was like, it's not normal in England, let alone London. And I was like, okay, well, come on, we should dance. And when i look at it it's like wow that's brave like that's your tea now you can feel at peace because you've done that like nothing else should scare you but it doesn't 
does. But it's life, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we can swiftly move on to your third mantra, which is, you got this, mm-hmm. there is only one you. Yeah. Um, there is only one, all of us, right? Mm-hmm. But how does that push you? How does that how does that motivate you to kind of not just do what you do now in mm-hmm. terms of like outside of uni but mm-hmm. within uni and your family and all those other aspects? Um, I think with the because I'm gonna split it into two with the um there's only one me. It makes me think like okay, there's people that try to copy what I do or. Um, they they try to like just take credit for what things that I've done um and it makes me feel like okay well I'm me there's there's already me like you don't know what's in my head like I'm a what I'm gonna do next you don't know and it just makes me feel big it makes me feel proud like okay T there's just there's only one T in the whole like yo sometimes I'm like yo there's only one T Abraham that lives at this house that wears this that owns this like I make it so specific so um I'm like yeah there's no one else like me like yeah they 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 do something similar but they can't do it the way I do it and that's mm. how I like feel like I'm not the rest of the world I just I'm me that's what makes me feel proud and then the 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 first part which is you got this it's whenever I like face something and I feel like I can't, I try to belittle the situation. So for example, like, um, what's one thing that I, that I couldn't do the other day? Mm. I guess I revising um, in, London, in Birmingham and then having work after my exam within, so I had to finish my exam and had to go to work within half an hour. That, there was so much transition because I had to get back to get my laptop, I had to get, I had meetings, the meetings were in Stockholm and you know, I had to do face videos and I had to prep questions and all of this. And for me, that was overwhelming, but I was like, T, you've got this. Like, yo, we can bullshit through. Like, you've got this. And I did, luckily. But um, yeah, so I just tried to make the situation smaller and make me feel like, well, not even me as a person, but like my confidence bigger than me. Mm. And that mentality, where did that mentality come from? You've got this. Um, Feeling like I don't, and then having to fake it, like, uh, sometimes I'm like, yo, like, I actually can't, like, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, and I'm, I'm this, and I'm not confident, and I'm ugly, and I'm da da da, and I, all of these words, and I'm like, okay, I don't care, like, I have got this, like, I, I pretend, and I shove it out, and I think that's the only reason. So it kind of, like, pushes out all that negative stuff and keeps you... Yeah. ...for the positive stuff. That's yeah. wavy, man, I'm not gonna lie. Thanks. And your your fourth mantra, which is uh, big as my vision. Mm-hmm. That kind of ties in. So like, actually, I'll tell you something. My dad the other day uh, was um, I was telling him about, about my plans. So I have two plans. I have like my academic plans, which is like I want to end up in fucking UN and blah blah blah. And then I have like my creative side, which is like I want to end up here and here. Mm. And I was telling him something that I did. And prior to that, the day before, I told him something opposite of, on one of the other side, you know. Mm. And he was like, he was like, come in. We was in the kitchen. He was like, come into the living room. And this, I don't know if this is such an African thing to do, but my dad picked up two bananas, bananas, bananas. And he was like, hold one banana underneath your arm, and he placed the other banana on the table. He's like, 
and pick up that banana with the same hand and I was like no because this is going to drop he was like exactly you're doing too much and I've always always heard this like you're doing too much you're you're spreading yourself too thin and and I hate it and and your ability uh, your ambition exceeds your abilities something I always grow up like everyone used to say it to me and I'm like no because I know I can you know when you can feel something inside you and it's like you don't even know where it is but it's there Mm. it's like that like I know that this is gonna work and like people are like no but T you're just doing way too much I'm like but that's good like I can feel that I can like if I couldn't I wouldn't be doing it like it's like not rocket science like if my body cannot be if my body can't handle it if I the workload I couldn't handle do you think I would be doing it no because I'm doing it that means I can do it so leave me alone so that's what I I that's why I always tell myself like hey you're just as big as your vision T just don't listen to these people don't listen to them making you feel small that you're nobody that you're not you're this actually nobody really says that I'm nobody to my face they just say it online um it's okay I was like it's okay because if I saw you you'd be like Katie yeah bunda haters for real and listen yeah so yeah I'm I'm big as my vision my vision is big and I'm bigger no just as big and that was actually something I wanted to dive into because you 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 said to me um, about how you visualize it, mm-hmm. right? And you said you visualize it as well, I don't, I don't want to ruin it. How do you no. visualize your, you be the big as your vision? You said that you make it smaller. Yeah. So I like okay. So with my vision, I make myself big. So the vision is smaller than me. So it's like, it 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 feels like I can. It's in my hand. Like I can. Like it's right there. Like this is so small. Like my vision, my dreams. I can, grab this like it's so attainable um because i feel big and i feel grand and i feel like i can do it sometimes this is so weird but sometimes i'll be walking this is so bad but i'll be walking in the road and i'll be like yo i'm the boss ass this i'm the boss ass person right now like i'll be looking at you can get shit on me like i have zero pounds in my my bank account but i'll still walk around like ah yo i own this london city like sometimes i literally like I have the confidence of like you would you would think I've made it to the Grammys. Honestly, my confidence, whoa, sometimes it's too skyrocket, but sometimes it's a few. But um yeah, no. That's so yeah, I make myself bigger than the the thing. And in the industry that you you're in, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of struggles and there's mm-hmm. lots of discussions with, regarding women, especially yeah, women of colour. For sure. Um how do you kind of like maneuver through so people used to be like at first i used to like get so upset that i was like the very first day i did photography uh, i told my dad my dad was like he wait he waited up for me i uh, did a show in birmingham at the uh, o2 i don't know if you know but um dad was like he waited up for me he was like how was the concert and i was like it was great but the guys were trying to hit on me when i was trying to take photos for them da, da, da. Daddy, I don't know if this industry is for me. He was like, oh, yeah, this this is this, this is, this is, is it. Like, I'm sorry. And that was a constant theme for, like, two, three years. And it would break my heart. Like, I was with somebody at the time. And I would just go home crying to them and be like, yo, bro, like, you won't even understand the bullshit I had to go through today. Like, somebody wouldn't even let me take their picture unless I gave them a kiss on their, like, cheek and stuff. It's so bad. And then... I, I met one of my mentors, shout out to Eddie, and um, he was like, 
T, you need to look at it from a different perspective. And I was like, how? Like, what perspective? He was like, because of the way you look, you've already created an impact without you speaking. Mm. So when you do hold a mic or when you do hold a, a photography, they're expecting or they're, they're, they're waiting to see what this girl can do. So make sure you just do the best that you can. I'm not saying hold your tongue for whatever, but just utilizing, like, manipulate the situation. So now when at first when I was in the microphone and boys would be like phew, phew, and the whistle and the cat whatever uh, is a cat whistling a uh, wolf whistle <laughs> wolf whistling at me I'd be so offended like I'd internally I'd cry but now like every time they do that I just like I'm like yo this is me like hey like watch what I'm about to say like, I'm a cute mic mm. kind of thing so yeah and it's very interesting how you switch the negative to a positive yeah that's because of the people around me and actually sorry to cut you off but you mentioned how do i maneuver with the color that i am this is a constant i'm and i'm gonna be honest with you guys this is a problem for me i uh i'm still battling with uh loving my skin color unfortunately um i used to go to therapy for some other bullshit and i would like color myself you know you draw self-portrait you, you draw yourself and i would color myself in pink because i didn't resonate with the color brown it was like a dark felt it brown and i didn't see myself at the time i was way way lighter than this like i was super light so i didn't see myself being closer to that color so and i used the pink color and then the the white girl next to me was like what are you doing you are not this color you need to use that brown color and like I didn't hate the brown color, but I just didn't feel like I like I was closer to it. And then I was like, right, cool, I'm gonna use the brown color. Didn't hate it, but I just didn't feel like that was me. Growing up, I'd be called cappuccino, latte, and when they like the school that I went to never really saw my like one of my parents. And I I'd moved school so many times, and they'd be like, your mom's black and your dad's white or your mom is this like, to the point where people would be like, you're only allowed to say half the n word. You can only say nig or girl. <laughs> it, 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 like, it would hurt me so much. And like, uh, when like your teacher is filling out you know, quick details about you, automatically they would tick black and white like, or uh, other. It's like, ask me. Like, I'm right here. Ask me. Like, I would say I'm black. I'm not embarrassed about that. But I just didn't like the fact that I was ethnically ambiguous. You know? And people didn't care to ask what I was. Growing up, I didn't like that. And even my mom, actually, me and my brother are very, very fair. Growing up, we looked like Arabs. So people would even, like, tease her and be like, it's okay, like, why are your children? And she would be like, we're Eritrean. And she, the woman would be like, oh, it's, oh, come on, it's 2000. Like, we can talk about mixed-race kids now. Like, is your husband the, or, like, like seriously it was so bad and yeah and like i and then it it always had a theme so like and then i moved and then this school was predominantly white again and again they would tug my hair this is not your hair and then it went to i went to a really black school oh yeah you're a mixed race you're half cast oh did i hate that word like my brother has like big brown eyes and i have just big eyes <laughs> not brown to poo but um yeah so like that and then when i moved to birmingham I felt I felt happy about my color. I was like, yo, I'm light skinned, like fuck it. I don't like the tags that come around with it, but I found people that were my shade. And I was like, yo, you're a train? 
Ah, now Bengali. You're a train? Nah, I'm mixed race, you know. What, you're a train? Nah, I'm just light skin. Like, it's like, yo, I found my, I found my crew. And I, I, I was accepted. And, I, and this is why I always, I would always love Birmingham, even though I'm not born and bred from Birmingham. Mm. I always have love for Birmingham. Sick, man. And, you know, that struggle and with the industry and all those hurdles that you're, mm. that you faced and you are going to face. Mm. What what is gonna be what will be your mindset going forward towards that? Um that uh I guess It's a poor question, I know. No no no, it's a good question, it's making me think. I think it definitely one of my mentors would be users. You got this always. And I think another thing that I think as I progress and get older and whatever in the industry, I think it's just going to be like, just, I, I don't know, I, I really don't, that's made me think. Can you, can you ask me one more time? So the question was about your, the hurdles, the hurdles that you face regarding your, oh, okay, your yeah. skin colour, your race, and the questions that you've had, mm-hmm. how, how are you? looking to face those hurdles that I had in uh-huh. Okay, cool. I think I need to just remember that I'm a role model and that I should just be happy in who I am because there's some little girl or some little boy that resonates with me, that can, can't resonate with anyone in their school or in their peer group or in their church or in their family because of their skin colour or because of their beliefs or because of their thoughts on this topic and da-da-da-da. So I... I think I'm always going to be conscious about that, being a role model. And when I say role model, I don't mean like being, yeah, go to education, da, 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 kind of thing. And not necessarily be the role model that I've already, like, in things that I've done, but just just be true to myself because people will like me. People like me because I am true to myself. Like, people don't like me because I'm that girl, that that this and that. And that. people like me because he's that weird girl, you know? <laughs> And yeah. I think that's I think that's just that's something I just need to keep being myself, and I think that's the only thing that's gonna keep me going. That's incredible, man. And you know, as time goes on, and from early, like we all have to kind of like you know push women empowerment for sure, and all those things mm-hmm. regarding equality and yeah quality of everything really mm-hmm. um and yeah as we come to the end of this interview uh it's three more questions that i've got to ask amazing you. first question is if there's a podcast or a book that helps you or has helped you mm-hmm. uh in anything that you do in life um okay so when i like was going through the worst part of my life i think like most recent one anyway um there wasn't podcasts weren't really that big so i never really thought about podcasts but i uh there was like a book towards the later stage of it and it's just such a silly no 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 novel novel god i can't talk today novel it was just like a romantic novel um literally this the the cliche romance it was like boy girl meets boy rich girl poor and but the thing that motivated like the thing that i like liked about it was the fact that she drew the charity side out of him you know the the charitable the 
the nice because he was an arrogant guy and she was like this uh very strong-headed woman that like i almost felt like she was me if i was to be in a relationship with a guy that's like that i would try to bring the nice out of him um by being the way i am and she was just unapologetically herself and like he wanted to go to like some really cool restaurant and she was like no we're gonna meet at starbucks and I actually, I've done that, not with a guy, okay, he was a guy, but it was like a mentor, and it made me realize, like, wow, like, she's being herself, like, she doesn't care, like, she doesn't Mm. give a fuck that this guy's a millionaire, she's like, yeah, whatever, cool, we're meeting at Starbucks, you're, like, you're cool with it, so that book was like, I need to be more of myself, unapologetically. What was that book called? Millionaire's Wish, I Mm. forgot the author, but yeah, it's called Millionaire's Wish. Millionaire's Wish. It's amazing. And uh, a song... That helps you also? That's helped you through maybe difficult times or helped you in the morning or... Ah, okay, got it. So, during the, again, the most recent stage of, like, my depression, I think the album, um, I think it's called... I forgot forgot what the album's called, but it's, like, it's an artist from Toronto called LA. Um, He makes, like alternative r&b kind of music and he his album really helped views by drake also helped mm. uh, i was like the motorway away crying <laughs> my life sucks um but yeah those two albums and i think a, a, a feel-good song to me would be like shine by laura is isabel i think her name is mm. it's like on a special k advert and um yeah that and uh, some something by kalani probably kalani just a feel-good artist like i always feel like I feel like so sassy when I listen to her, but yeah. Sick. And finally, to the to the audience watching, mm-hmm. uh, what's the message that you would give to them? Uh, just your message about life or mm-hmm. anything in general. Right. In like how to break into the industry or just like in life general? Whatever you want, whether it's the industry, whether it's life. Okay, cool. So I think my message for you guys would be it's actually so okay to be weird. Like, people will tell you, oh, you're so weird. If I was to get paid every time I heard that, I would be filthy rich. Like, I would not be here. I would be in a yacht in Miami or something. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, um, and I kind of was listening to the sermon that said a glitch is like your gift. And I think my glitch is being weird. You know, I'm, you're, the longer you are with me, the more you realise. But being weird, if you're weird or if you're really smart, if, if you're something, that is your glitch. That is your gift. Like, that's what you should profit by because that's what you've got in abundance. Why not make it into a living or something? So I think is be true to yourself. And no matter whatever is say, everyone is saying is weird about you or it's different or blah, 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 go with that. Utilise it. Maximise that and make something out of it because they don't have it you do so you can it's easier for you to succeed in that little field because you're the only one that can do it best so yeah thank you so much you're very welcome thank you t thank you it was nice talking to you nice talking to you too you too this is sit down we're about to stand up oh cool are we gonna do star jumps (laughs) (laughs) that was so cool that was really good yeah I'm just gonna edit you and just leave me out. No, <laughs> but for like a, just a black the audio, charcoal. Just the audio, innit? <laughs>
No, it's nice. 